Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Generation GC. My name is Molly and I'm your host and this week I'm talking to my good friend Matt Dresden about cars full of people from Youth Authority. We've got a great episode lined up for you today and I'm super excited for you to hear it. As a reminder, please visit blacklivesmatters.car.co for information on how you can help in the Black Lives Matter and anti-police brutality movement. And also check out allcards.card.co for even more info and links since there's so much going on in the world right now. And at these cards, you can find information on protests, information on where to donate. If you can't donate money, there are videos to watch, playlists to stream, where if you check these out, they will donate the streaming and ad revenue. I think that's super cool. There's also info on how to educate yourself, as well as petitions you can sign. I will link a petition in the show notes that demands justice for Brianna Taylor. Please, please sign it, share it, spread the word. On a very different note, Generation GC stickers are here. They are in my apartment. Um, they're holographic. You've probably seen the pictures on social media by now. They look so cool. But if you want a sticker, two things you can do. Number one, you can support the show on Anchor. That helps me sustain the show, make sure that I have the right equipment, microphones, headphones, and just helps me do things like get these stickers printed and get them mailed to you guys. Or you can donate to any organization listed at blacklivesmatters.card.co. And, you know, I thought that would be a good way to encourage you guys to get involved. So support the show or make a donation and then send me a screenshot of your support or donation as well as your mailing address. Um, shoot me a DM, Generation GC Pod on Twitter or Instagram or email generationgcpod at gmail.com and I will mail you stickers. I'll also occasionally tweet about other ways you guys can get stickers, whether that's other organizations that come up that you can donate to or good deeds that you can do, such as writing to folks in retirement homes or ways that you guys can help spread the word about this show. Lots of ways to get involved. I don't want to just, you know, sell stickers. I want I want to make it kind of fun for you guys. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some other little merch type giveaways made. We will just have to see. Thank you guys for tuning in. And now on to our episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of the Generation GC podcast. My name is Molly Huddleston, and I'm your host. I'm going to be talking to you today about cars full of people from Youth Authority, and my guest today is Matt Dresden. On our last regular episode, we talked about Let the Music Play from Cardiology. We also had a bonus episode a few days ago talking about anxiety from Greatest Remixes. Next week, to follow Youth Authority, we'll be talking about a song from Generation Rx. Now, my guest today, Matt, is originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and he currently lives in New York City. Matt and I actually attended Case Western Reserve University together. Uh, he graduated two years, two years after me, right? Yes. Uh, and he currently works at an advertising agency. He's always enjoyed exploring new music and going to live shows and is looking forward to all of the new music this year and to go to shows again. Matt, hello. Hello, Molly. How are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm great. I am excited to dig into this bread that I just baked and 
is cooling on my countertop, and by the time we finish recording, I think the bread will be cool enough to handle and eat. I think we all have to know what kind of bread is it. <laughs> Miracle no-need bread. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, you just stir flour and yeast and salt and then some water together, let it rise overnight, and then you bake it in a Dutch oven. That sounds good. That sounds good. Oh, it's it's delicious, and it's quite easy. So there, there's been several loaves of that lately. So, yeah, Cars Full of People. It's our song this week. It's track 10 on Good Charlotte's sixth album, Youth Authority. It follows the outfield, and then after this song comes War. And we will, when we get more into the song, we are definitely going to talk about the ordering, the, the track listing on this album. But this is kind of a deep cut. Like, I don't, I haven't found any record of Good Charlotte playing Cars Full of People live. I looked on setlist.fm, which has a really cool tool that I've definitely been using to my advantage. But setlist.fm has a tool that basically ranks all of an artist's songs. So it'll tell you like, oh, they've played the anthem, you know, 5,000 times, whatever, right? Oh, they've played My Bloody Valentine this many times. And then you can click and see like all the shows they've uh, played that song at. I also searched on YouTube and, and Google. I haven't found any videos, so I don't want to say that they've definitely never played this song live, but if they have, it's super rare. Um, have you ever heard this live? I have not. The last time I sh- saw Good Charlotte, um, 2018 at Terminal 5, uh, I, don't believe, right. I don't believe I've heard it since then. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... And I kind of get it because it's like a deep cut. It's not a single. And there's so many songs on this album that are just live show ready. You know, either they're super sentimental or they're just really powerful, rocking out. Right. But I feel like this would be a really cool fit to hear acoustic. Um, Like just straight up Benji and Joel, one acoustic guitar. But I could also hear like an orchestral version and I'm also, so again, we'll, we'll talk more about this, the different versions I'm imagining of this song, none of which actually exist yet. But um, I think a hardcore cover, like I'm really wilding out, but I think a hardcore cover or like a hip hop cover of this song could be awesome. Like, I, I, I think that could be pretty rad. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it definitely kind of uh, fits into quite a bit of different genres, which is pretty cool. It's pretty universal song i think you can kind of do what you want with it which you know opens the doors for lots of opportunities with it exactly exactly uh but before we dive into the song itself matt i want to help our listeners get to know you and your music taste okay so how did you first get into music and like start discovering what start discovering music for yourself like what were the first artists for you so the very first CD I remember getting, it was about 1999, 2000 or so when McDonald's had, uh, you would get your Happy Meal and it would be a Britney Spears in sync. Like it had like three songs from each on, okay. the, on the CD. So that's like the first time I ever remember like having a CD. I was a bit too young for cassettes growing up in the 90s, but. Yeah, so I, I had cassettes like my first Spice Girls Okay. Album was a cassette, 
but after that I got CDs. Yeah, they kind of came in, I think, about when I was born or so. So I had some, yeah. I had some cassettes of like, I had, I think I had like ABBA and Cher and, you know, <laughs> some, some of those fun classics that I yeah. grew up with. But the first time I remember um, listening to a CD and enjoying was Instinct of Britney Spears. And then that was about 1999, 2000. And then going into that, um, I was uh, slowly entering middle school. And that was mm-hmm. that was when um, kind of pop punk was breaking into the mainstream, right? And so I w- I was a bit too young for um, the young and the hopeless. But when I was in middle school, the Chronicles of Life and Death was was coming out, and that um, okay, that was one of the first pop punk albums that I really got into and kind of identified with. At that time, too, there were other big bands: uh, Newfound Glory, Simple Plan, My Chemical Romance was bursting onto the scene. Um, so I really fell in love with a lot of the bands and the pop punk, the alternative, the emo space as it was emerging. Because I really felt, I really felt like there was music written for me, you know. Yeah, I think that was. I mean, definitely for me, and I think for a lot of people that, and not just Good Charlotte, but any any of the bands you mentioned, My Chem, Newfound Glory, Simple Plan, people felt like this music was written for them. Yes, like you felt like you got it. What I mean. What introduced you to Chronicles? Like, how how did you find that album? Was it hearing it on the radio? Was it, like, a friend at school? It was friends at school. I think it was a friend on the bus every day. I actually got a lot of my early music recommendations on the bus to and from school every day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was the first time I heard, like, Black Parade by MCR, um, a lot of Good Charlotte. Uh, I got into 30 Seconds to Mars from friends that way. So, yeah, oh, yeah. So I think, I think that's huge. And, and in everything I've done as a music journalist, like I've been interviewed a few times, I've been on other people's podcasts and they'll always ask me how I find out about new bands. Mm -hmm. And of course I have a lot of publicists and, and even with, with this podcast, right. Publicists that are reaching out to me, pitching, you know, cover this artist. Oh, this artist, you know, likes good Charlotte, have them on the podcast. Uh, But you really can't underestimate the value of that recommendation from a friend because a friend knows you, right? They, they trust you and probably you have a lot in common right. with that friend. That's why even today, uh, word of mouth marketing is just so prevalent. Like whether it's music, whether it's for, you know, like a consumer product, whatever. I mean, yeah, you, you trust your friends, you know, you trust your friends to have your best interest in mind, give you something good. Yeah. I mean, and we could, we could, without making this a marketing podcast, because this is not a marketing podcast, but advertising. (laughs) No, but, but like, I think that's also why the influencer sponsorships and and such. And, you know, I do have a sponsor for this podcast right now, uh, which you you all will hear the ad at some point, but it's like, okay, I, I trust this famous person or this person on the internet uh i trust their opinion kind of like how you trust your friend's opinion right absolutely so i'm gonna try this thing that they are suggesting that i try so you have seen good charlotte live a couple times yes what was the first time you saw them live oh the very first time was the uh soundtrack of your summer tour in 2008 it was boys like Boys Like Girls, Good Charlotte, 
Metro Station and uh, the main. Oh my god! The main, and I think I don't. I'm not sure if it was the main's first national tour, but it was one of their first. Yeah, that. First of all, what an encapsulation of 2008! Right? Absolutely amazing. Take me back. What What did you wear to that? Did you have like an appropriately neon kind of shirt? What did I wear? Um, just 2008 was the first year where I was seriously kind of saving up my money and trying to go to concerts as often as I could. Right. Um, what did I What did I wear? I mean, I was definitely <laughs> I was definitely a hot topic kid at that point. Um, right. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I had. I think I had. I think I had a couple boys like girls shirts mm-hmm. at that point because they, because they um had just come out with um that album with Thunder, Thunder yes. Lee, which, which I gave the whole name for the tour. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I, I remember, I remember having a few different shirts from Hot Topic, and I think I even went there and bought that album on release day, which was you know. It was, a cool experience then. Yeah. I know. I miss... I, I didn't buy... I haven't bought a lot of albums on release days because I think also, like, personally, with stuff I've been super excited about, I've, like, pre-ordered, right? Yes. But it is really cool going to buy things on release day. Um, I've definitely bought, like, some Taylor Swift albums on release day. It's just, it's just fun. And, like, if you love the artist enough, like... It kind of gets you in the mood for the album. Like maybe you've heard it once, maybe you've heard it forty times by now. Maybe yeah. you've never listened to it so far, but you, right. know you love the artist. You know you're going to support them. So it's it's just a cool kind of experience, if you will. Exactly. So you've seen Good Charlotte several times. What was because you know this song we're talking about today is on Youth Authority, which is their first album coming back from hiatus. Yes. What was your first time seeing Good Charlotte post hiatus? Uh, my first time seeing Good Charlotte post hiatus um, was at Terminal Five here in 2018 here in New York. Okay, so that was even by the time they released Generation RX. Yeah, and I, I know Good Charlotte did a few other tours since then. Yeah. I I was kind of at a transition period. I graduated college in 2015 in Cleveland. I was moving here, kind of getting established. Sure. Um, yeah getting my job and everything. So by 2018, I was like, you know what? We need some good Charlotte. Like we cannot yes. go on like this anymore. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, so I want to talk about what you've been listening to lately. I mean, for, for reference, so to everyone listening, Matt and I did go to college together, but we didn't meet at school. We actually met at a local show in Ohio uh, phone calls from home. I think they were from like Boston. They were supposed to play, but they had to cancel. So it was like three or four kind of random local bands. Um, I mean, you've lived in New York since graduation and I'm curious, like your, like your view, but from my experience, I, I feel like there's, a little less of the quote-unquote local band scene in New York than you would get in the Midwest or even in New Jersey, like suburban. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd agree with that. I think, I think a lot of um, New York's local scene, I think a lot of it comes out of um, Brooklyn, Queens. Um, yeah. Some out of Manhattan, but I think um, in Brooklyn, Queens, you have a lot of um, 
kind of arts culture, um, mm-hmm. big big music scenes over there. I mean, Manhattan has some really nice venues. Brooklyn has a lot of fun venues like Warsaw, Brooklyn Steel, that sort of thing. Um, I think I think the environment in Brooklyn and Queens, um, just outside of the city, kind of just gives people I think what they need to kind of explore and make music. And obviously, they can come to the city for shows. They can go into New Jersey, anything yeah. they want. But I I'd, I'd probably agree that it's maybe not as full-blown as maybe in New Jersey or, you know... Even Long both, Island, I think. Long Island, yeah. We both know in Cleveland as well. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Matt, what have you been listening to lately? Like, how has your music taste shifted over the years? Uh, so, I, I actually used to be, like, I'm only going to listen to pop-punk, alternative, right. Right. E- emo rock. Like, I, I am narrow-minded. I still have little bit of a soft spot for the Ava Gold greatest hits, but mm-hmm. pop punk emo, not interested. But then, then it was in kind of in college where um, actually two genres came to my attention. Uh, number one, musicals. Yes. And number, number two. Number two, K-pop. Yes. <laughs> so I knew that you were super into musicals in college because you would you know you would like go visit new york for a weekend to you know see see a couple shows but tell me like you know being a kid from ohio going to school in cleveland how did the how did the musical theater thing come into your world i don't know i think because i i think it kind of started out with um kind of paying attention to the voices i was listening to and the bands and the artists i already liked and then just recognizing you know what? They're actually talented. They have yeah. a lot of good, a lot of good things to say. Uh, you know what? What else is kind of like this? And um, right. music, musicals, obvi- obviously, it's not always you know the people writing the songs for performing it. It can be like in a Lin Manuel Miranda case and that sort of thing. But you know, you it, have it's usually not like that. yeah. But you have you have these passionate, talented people who are doing a show seven, eight times a week. Um, very, very talented, you know, putting their heart and soul out there to not only entertain you, but I think also connect with you, which I, which is very interesting for me because I, I was kind of like, oh, this is, you know, in that aspect, kind of like the music I already listened to. So it yeah. kind of just seemed like a good natural step at that point. That's a, that's a great connection. I love that story. So can you tell me a little bit about K-pop? And you're because I, I didn't realize that you had been into K-pop for kind of several years now. Oh yeah. Well, I think K-pop stemmed from growing up loving Japanese culture. I was a big sure. I was a big anime kid. I loved reading manga all throughout high school. Um, I just liked the fantasy whimsy elements that I I maybe didn't necessarily see uh, growing up here from cartoons and everything. Of course, big SpongeBob fan, still am to yes. this day. So. Uh, SpongeBob rules, but I think it just kind of stemmed from uh, taking an interest in Japan. And at that point, I was like, "Huh, you know, Japan's pretty interesting. What else is out there? What other cultures are kind of interesting?" And that stemmed from um, I think one night I went into a deep K-pop hole on YouTube, watching everyone's music videos and everything. And then I was listening to it, and I was like, "You know what? This is pretty cool. It's different from the pop music we would have in the U.S. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's not that different." but it is definitely different and I think a refreshing take on the genre. So I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't speak, I don't speak Korean, but this is, this is really, really good music. So in my 
very limited understanding of K-pop. Uh, I, something I, I do appreciate about it is like, I, I feel like quite often like pop artists in the U.S. will like basically try to be something not kind of try to be something they're not like try to be uh, you know not pop and not bubblegum and not produced and and then you have k-pop which is like so unabashedly this is a song that is meant to fill a stadium and we are going to have a choreographed synchronized dance routine and we're going to wear these incredible costumes and this is exactly what this is yes awesome so let's uh let's Talk about Cars Full of People. So when Youth Authority came out back in 2016, I remember talking to you about the album and our first reactions. And I remember you had really been digging this song. So I thought it'd be a fun podcast. What do you like about this song? What, what stuck out to you about it at first? Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of start with the album as a whole, because Mm -hmm. I think um, looking at this album, I think the message that Good Charlotte's trying to get across is um, largely about beating the odds, making yeah. your dre- dreams come true, not necessarily putting yourself into a box, um, not being held down, like walk your own way, define your own self. Um, I, I think this song on the album 100% encapsulates that. Yeah. Um, with, the, with the lyrics, it's very, very much to me, I think about, living your life, not by another person's um, definitions. I mean, I mean, you have the lyrics kind of talking about, um, you know, being, you know, alluding to maybe being in a car amongst a group of people with someone special that could be, you know, a friend, a loved one, family member, that sort of thing. I think it's kind of universal that it could be any of those for you and just kind of, you know, going on that journey together. Yeah. I, so... We will talk about what uh, the band has said about this song, but I'm glad that like we're kind of sharing our our own views and interpretations of it first. Um, when I I will admit that when I first heard this song, and and really for a while, I didn't necessarily see it as like about another person, mm-hmm. like. It, I, I kind of saw it as this sort of alone in a crowded room kind of thing, right? Like you just see everyone around you and nobody kind of understands you. Uh, getting ready for this podcast, I feel like I've grown kind of a more positive view of it. Like really seeing, okay, I think, I feel like there there is that, you know, that person by your side and yeah, okay, everyone's moving around you, nobody sees you, but I think what this song is getting at is that, like, it's okay. It doesn't matter that nobody else understands you and and that nobody else is, like, following the path that you're on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on that note, I really like the track listing of this album. I mean, the, you know, we had an episode, episode seven of the show. We talked about the outfield, which is about finding, you know, feeling the outfield, I think it's about feeling your whole life. Like you've been an outsider and then you find that person who is kind of also an outsider. And then it's like, we're kind of unstoppable together. 
And I think this song has a lot of very similar things or very similar themes. Would you agree? Definitely. Yeah. So I think it makes, no, go on. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, definitely uh, looking at this album, album cohesively, like I honestly, when it came out, I remember finding it just, just very refreshing. I mean, it's, um, you know, all the themes we've come to love from Good Charlotte over the years, but at the same time offering such notes of positivity and hope and everything. And I remember, I remember when it first came out, definitely needing that. So being forever thankful for that. Yeah. I think that hope is, uh, is a huge part of Good Charlotte. You know, we talked about, I, I talked about this when I interviewed Billy actually right before Generation RX that he, he felt that, he always wanted listeners to come away from the album, come away from good Charlotte's albums with a sense of hope. Like Mm -hmm. you can get through this and and maybe you don't see that right away, but you can and you will. I feel like in a way, I I feel like there's a certain theme that I think has kind of prevailed through all of their music really through the years is just that idea of not caring what other people think right Mm -hmm. like in 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 this song it's you know you you have your person maybe that you're that you're with and so you don't really care what what other people say and you're just trying to sort of stick by that person but it on their older records i mean how many of their older songs were about just not fitting in and kind of wanting to walk their own path and i don't want your nine to five i don't want your boring life you know yeah right I mean, I mean, early good Charlotte. I mean, you're you're walking straight out the door with little things like right. going to every everything, <laughs> every everything they have now. And I mean, if you, I think if you look at all their albums, I think you could bundle them honestly together as a big cohesive unit because they all have they all have I think fantastic themes. Um, I've always felt like good Charlotte's there. You know, at the end of the day, in the darkest day, you want to go go kind of to the artists, the people who kind of make you feel special, who yeah. make you feel like they're there for you. And I think Good Charlotte has definitely been there for me. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I've definitely felt like that. And, and anyone who's listened to the show clearly knows how much they mean. Um, but one thing I also wanted to share about this song, and I'm really curious if you share this interpretation at all. Okay. So, and this is really a big theme on this record as a whole. So there's a few songs on this record where they're talking about love and us and staying together or getting back together. And on the surface level about a a relationship, romantic relationship, you know, so to say, but I have seen a lot of this record as actually about the band getting back together like, mm-hmm. you know, in this song, mm-hmm. when they talk about people coming and going, bands and artists coming and going, you know, you, you have this song that's about, okay, I'm here with my, my person I'm in love with, and I'm just trying to stick by their side, and nobody else really gets it, but that's okay. They'll, they'll, they'll go on and try to fit in and do their thing. You know, mm-hmm. Good Charlotte's always been about their fans, right? But right. critics don't necessarily get them a lot of the world doesn't necessarily get them so do you what do you what do you think of that interpretation i think i think definitely i i think i definitely kind of thought of it that way um i mean even yeah. just looking at 
at the chorus, you know, it kind of goes, they said we were lost, that we had no future, but you said, hold on, we stayed together. Yeah. And then uh, kind of uh, bumping off that note that you just mentioned, these cars full of people, they'll never know what we're about. So that, yeah, that, could, exactly. that, could definitely be, that could definitely be from the critics, people who haven't necessarily done a deep dive, don't understand. But I can, I can definitely see this, you know, I mean, like, you know what? Good Charlotte's back. We stayed together. We defied the odds. Exactly. And, and I'm, I'm sure that's, you know, totally paralleled things that have gone on in, in their personal lives without, you know, speculating or, or, or anything on their personal lives. But yeah, I, and that I think, that really to me was this, the side or the interpretation of the song and, and of a lot of this album um, that was kind of what I first grasped onto. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, that could totally be colored by it being, you know, me and, and me just right, right. being so excited to hear new Good Charlotte again. Uh, I, I really love, I really, really love that it comes after the outfield on the album because I think the outfield and Cars Full of People really, and I don't know why I didn't put this together before we were getting ready to record, but I think the outfield and Cars Full of People really have such similar themes like you know you found your the outfield is like you found your person and then cars full of people is like okay we're here everyone else is moving around and they're gonna keep moving and doing their thing but that's okay and that's the thing too like this album this album you could almost think of it and in, in terms of like um a concept opera album at least in my yeah. opinion in that regard for the storytelling i mean i mean like it kind of for me at least you know starting with life changes makeshift love just going to the end i think for me for me personally i love i love the whole album i love the back half of the album a lot i think that's where it really mm-hmm. comes together for me personally the most um i just and i i just really enjoyed the journey honestly i remember being so excited when the album dropped listening to it a few times and you know just just being exci- excited i don't, I don't want to say being excited for the album to end but right. being excited for you to, know the to like at the end of the hear, album. Yeah. hear hear that reward yeah, hear how, hear how the yeah. journey ended here, um, you know, where Good Charlotte was at at the time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did note about, like, the track listing, though, so this song has a pretty long, like, instrumental out- outro yeah. that kind of sounds like it would go into, like, a softer, pretty kind of song, mm-hmm. like, perhaps moving on. But instead of going right into moving on, they go into war, which is this, like, very intense kind of heavy almost track yes so I, I don't know like i don't know i i feel like it makes i think it would make me it would make this record feel almost not too sentimental but it would almost feel like it's too reflective if it, if you went from the outfield carcel of people moving on Mm-hmm. Right. And I think war kind of breaks that up and makes it kind of a more interesting journey. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'd, I'd kind of, I'd kind of argue that war still kind of keeps the themes of the album. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what I like about this album, not only in the story and the messaging, but um, just kind of how good Charlotte tries to break the mold a little bit, tries yeah. to, you know, try different things that they maybe haven't experimented with before, but still staying true too good charlotte you know they're not they're not you know changing their sound they're not you know trying to i think i don't think they're trying to be anything that 
they don't think they are, but even so, I mean, like war, war kind of um, talks about, um, you know, it's always uh, darkest before the light. Yeah. Kind of those those themes kind of reoccurring that we just talked about from totally cars full of people it's, it's, it's moving a less on as like, well. But war is a less like the outfield cars full of people and moving on are very like I think sentimental and nostalgic kind of. Yes. And I will definitely agree that war fits like the story of this album, but the tone is a little less. I think it's. I, I feel like it's a little less. Uh, nostalgic. I agree with that too. So, uh, I did want to mention what uh, the band had said about the song. I like, I like talking about kind of our own interpretations of songs before we get into what the band has said. So Benji had done like track by track behind uh, each song with the record. And to, to paraphrase, he, he essentially said that it's, you know, if you're with someone and you have real true love, it doesn't matter if anyone else get it, gets it or what they say. You know, when you have that thing that you share with someone, that's yours. And it doesn't matter that no one will know what you're about. You know, just hold on to that. Don't give it up for some instant gratification. Hold on to that. Stay true to that. Uh, he said the song is about love and friendship and relationships, but he's sure you could apply it to lots of things. So I, I, I feel, and, and what I said was just paraphrased, but I, I feel like he, he is implying that, you know, you can definitely apply this song to things outside of a, specifically a romantic relationship per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to ask what, you know, we, we talked about how, we talked about like kind of the themes of this record, but what, what were you expecting from them post hiatus and, how how did this song fit with what you expected or what you were looking for? Yeah, so I mean, um, whenever, whenever a musician goes on hiatus, um, you know, you, you always you always want to come, them to come back to making music, but at the same time, you want them to take care of themselves, um, right? Yeah, make, make make sure they're happy. I mean, we were we were lucky enough that um, before Good Charlotte came back, we still got Men and Brothers music. Mm-hmm. Everything. So, um, I, I don't think I necessarily had had any different expectations than I normally would from a Good Charlotte album. I mean, mm-hmm. as as a big Good Charlotte fan, but they um, they would like switch it up for different albums. So I, I almost felt like it was hard to know what to expect until they kind of told you, okay, this is but, what this album's going to sound like. But but I like that. I I find I find right. that it's so refreshing. You're not you're not just going to get the same thing rehash you're not just right. you're not just gonna get you know the same 12 songs again i mean there there's so many so many bands that i love now to this day like you can you can look at paramore for example i mean paramore really changed up oh, yeah. their sound on their on their last album no one no one saw that coming but i love it i think it's great yeah. Haley williams has a new album out right now that's even a further departure from oh my the god sound that, it's so good Okay, so let's take a brief Chris Charlotte break to talk about the Haley Williams album. Uh, Matt, as you, Matt knows this quite well, but like I will admit that for a long time, I just kind of didn't get Paramore. I just never was a fan. And it, it wasn't for lack of exposure, so much as lack of like taking the time to kind of really check them out. 
and so I, I just like never was a huge Paramore fan, mm-hmm. but I like this album a lot. And and like from hearing the Haley Williams solo stuff, I've since gone back to a couple old Paramore records and been like, okay, what what was I doing? I was really missing out on it, all things Paramore for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite song on the Haley Williams record? Uh, favorite album I, or uh, favorite song? I really like uh, Rose's Lotus Violet Iris and okay. uh, Watch Me While I Bloom is fun. I like, I think it was My Friend was the song that I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's it's a great album overall. It's it's really good. Pro- props to her. It's yeah. it's amazing. Uh, recommendation to all listeners. Check out Haley Williams' new album, Petals for Armor. You won't be sorry. Oh, yeah. So uh, back to Good Charlotte and yes. Youth Authority. So there was an interview on Billboard back in 2019 uh, with the twins where essentially they said that with this album, two songs on this album were only there because they felt they had to include them. So when I first read that, you know, that there were two songs in this album that were only there because they felt they had to, uh, essentially, and that's obviously paraphrased, I'm not directly quoting here. Uh, when I first read that, I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this was one of those songs, but now I'm kind of not really sure because although it's a deep cut that like never really got played live, it feels like a pretty special song. And then as we will talk about in a few minutes, the reviews liked this song a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. And, and I, I'm curious what, what songs were only were, you know, not ones, I guess they were initially stoked on, but, but who knows? And, and, you know, I guess you never know like what, what is going to go over well. Right. Right. Never know until you actually put it out there. Yeah. So Matt, do you have any like personal memories you want to share about this song or, or anything you'd like to share about how you personally relate to it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, coming back to this album, um, I mean, I can, I can definitely relate to the song. If you take the lyrics at face value in a literal sense, I mean, living here in, in New York, you know, walking around, it's just endless flurry of uh, cat cabs, uh, Ubers, Lyfts, um, all those other ride-sharing services and everything. But just a flurry of everyone kind of um, beating the march of their own drums. They're all uh, going to work, doing their own thing, um, running errands, whatever. So you can definitely feel, I think, from your your interpretation, kind of feeling like you're like a small fish in a big pond. Mm-hmm. And that's in that sense. So I think I think kind of taking the lyrics at face value. That's maybe something that I've kind of always come back to for um, comfort and to remind myself that there's yeah. that there's a bigger picture. That um, you know it may feel like that sometimes, whether you're in a crowded room or you feel alone in a city or wherever you live. But at the same time, you know if you have a dream or a goal or something, you have the ability to seize it and make it happen. Which um, yeah. That's kind of a theme. That's kind of a theme that I need to revisit for my own self. I mm-hmm. will admit. So I like, I like going back to the song, and kind of reminding myself that you know what, you know what, it's it's okay. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and you know, just Love that. Um, keep keep on trucking. Uh, yeah. Get, get through get through the bad times, and then the good times will be uh, that much better. So I mean, it's coming up on five years since you moved to New York because you. 
I mean, you were in New York probably was like, I want to say it was what, like 48 hours after you graduated college or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was like, okay, I live here now. So what, I mean, why, why New York? Like, cause you weren't moving for like a job, right? Like there yeah. wasn't like. Yeah. So I, what I did, I don't recommend that anyone do, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I, I grew up in a, uh, smaller town uh never never moved lived there for 18 years went to the same school system my whole life then um went to college in cleveland which um was nicer because i was in the middle of the city and i could yeah you know i had our campus was a, was a good location i think yeah you were you were immersed in the city but at the same time still kind of gave you like a nice a community yeah yeah yes which i definitely appreciated and then you know obviously taking the health line or the train 20 minutes downtown. You could do literally anything you wanted to do. But I, I just liked having that freedom of being able, you know, to have not only everything at my fingertips, but just be able to kind of explore myself and, you know, what do I need to give myself? What are my wants? What are my needs? So um, my first time coming to New York, um, I came here to see the Book of Mormon musical by myself on an, on an overnight Greyhound just for that. that. So, so kind of kind of seeing that show and kind of um seeing the city at least from the tourist side of things i was kind of like you know what this is pretty cool this is somewhere i could see myself living and then graduating um i got a room up in harlem i took a another overnight greyhound bus um didn't have a job lined up but i was able to get a job um a few weeks after i was here so that was that was pretty nice and yeah i haven't uh, looked back ever since I love that. And and New York is definitely a place where I think a lot of people are kind of trying to make their dreams come true and, and working really hard. And, and it doesn't necessarily have that like community vibe that maybe you'd get in like a smaller town or somewhere in the Midwest. But it, it's, I think New York is definitely a lot of people doing their own thing. But at the same time though, I, I would, I would say maybe not so much community, but like you, you remember at the end of the day, like, Everyone, everyone here is trying to make something happen. Everyone yeah. here is trying to succeed, working hard. So at the end of the day, like, you know, anyone you walk past on the street, you know, is working hard to make it here. And that makes it exciting every day. Yeah, I love that. That's great, great energy, I'm sure. So let's dive into what some critics have said about this song. And, and okay. anyone who's a fan of Good Charlotte, anyone who has read any, any criticism about Good Charlotte, Anyone who's listened to the show knows that Good Charlotte is not necessarily loved by critics. And, and, and frankly, critics do not like Good Charlotte. Most of them. Like, have critics have, have kind of never really gotten what they're about. You know, they've always been a band that has had such dedicated fans. Critics have not gotten what they're about. So I actually had a lot of fun researching this song because I found that a lot of critics named it as a track they really dug Mm -hmm. uh starting off with consequence of sound so they named it as one of the essential tracks on youth authority alongside 40 ounce dream the quote they said additionally cars full of people is a comparatively mellow genuinely sweet and optimistic interlude built around a rising beat that wouldn't feel out of place in a folk rock song and you know consequence of sound is Definitely, maybe not like pitchfork level, but I think consequence of sound is not uh, 
they're not they're not easy <laughs> they can be tough critics so that was mm-hmm. i mean i think accurate interpretation uh and then may the rock be with you there's a cool little website said that the song was almost country so we'll we'll i'll read the quote in a second but I want to know, Matt, like, did you pick up on this? Like, this kind of country folk vibe for the song? Because, to be perfectly honest, I did not put it together until I was, you know, getting ready for this episode and and reading a whole bunch of reviews and such. I just, I guess I just never thought of that. Like, I knew, you know, Good Charlotte has always had an appreciation for hip-hop and pop, but I, I, but now I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's totally, like, country and folk vibes. But was that something you picked up on? Yeah, I think I think just um, in the range of the orchestrations, definitely. I mean, like you mm-hmm. start off, you start off the sh- the track with the really nice inter- interlude. Um, yeah, going to the lyrics and like I, I definitely had a thought at one point. I, I, I was like, um, maybe maybe slow it down ever so slightly, and you could just fit this song into once. You you want to add another song to the movie once, throw it in there. Yeah. So here here's the quote uh, from "May the Rock Be With You." They said. Even a song like Cars Full of People, which is almost worthy of a country label, fits well onto the album. It's songs like this that break up the regular sound as to not be too samey and really gives you a sense of artistry here, meaning they can change it up and do it well. So, yeah, I think that that says it pretty well, the idea that it breaks up the regular sound. But honestly, like, as I've been thinking about this, I need a banjo version of this song. I mean, yes. that, that like intro little riff is begging to be played on the banjo or the mandolin. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> what I wrote down is Judah and the Lion meets Mumford and Sons meets like Florida Georgia Line. Done, done. Like, please. Like, that would be, oh, oh my God, that would be so sick. And, and Judah and the Lion, like, I interviewed them. It's actually coming up on a year ago, I interviewed Judah and like, they also are a band that has a, a really strong kind of relationship with their mm-hmm. fans. So I had a lot of fun diving into that with them. Mm-hmm. So I want to see like a Judah and the Lion, Good Charlotte crossover. I think that's, that's what I'm demanding. I'd even love to see just um, if they had, if they had um, a big orchestra or strings or something like even yeah. that, I, even that could be a fun interpretation of it. I think there was, <sighs> song was it but there was one song that i found a really cool orchestral version it was like benji and joel and a little string section i think uh-huh. when benji and joel were doing the voice australia and that was really fun and i think that oh. could be fun for uh for this that was fun that would be fun um rock sins wrote a review of this album they said that you know, while slower albums, so I'm, I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but they said that while the slower tracks don't always work, uh, the Madden brothers have an ear for a melody and the slower ballad type songs, Cars for the People and Life Can't Get Much Better, are standouts on the album with powerful vocal performances and happy-go-lucky choruses that feature a positive outlook on the world and offering up some of the most emotional and inspirational moments on the album. Would you say this is happy-go-lucky? Um, I think, I think it can be seen that way a little bit. I mean, I think, I think people can naturally think that based on, um, you know, that, that opening riff that you just mentioned. Yeah. Everything like that. Um, so I can, I can definitely see that, um, 
kind of more in a in a more um in a more positive atmosphere i could definitely see where that comes from i i think for me personally uh not as much but i could definitely see um just because of the um just because of how diverse the um music and everything is that i think it could definitely kind of adapt into that space yeah I guess maybe this is me being a little picky and taking issue with the phrase happy-go-lucky because I feel like the phrase happy-go-lucky kind of implies like a naiveness in a way. But I think you have a good point though with like, you know, the intro of the song and, and how that kind of fits in. <laughs> Cleveland.com also reviewed this record. They did not like this song. They called this song a forgettable dashboard confessional knockoff absolutely not right but but here's what got what i got to thinking about this is like okay so is this you know a country folk song or is it like acoustic emo song i i i I would disagree that this song is forgettable clearly but i could kind of see so okay dashboard confessional hands down was the first dashboard song I heard. And I'd yes. heard the acoustic version before I heard the sort of full band version. And I could see a version of this song done in that kind of way. Um, you're hesitant. You're like, no. I, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. I, I think... Yeah. I think this song works in a lot of different ways. Um, any 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 kind of style or instruments or um, genre you kind of want to customize it to, like I honestly think it could be really good. Um, I mean, um, so we're talking about like country folk emo. Why yeah. can't it be? But why can't it be um, both of those things? Maybe maybe Good Charlotte invented, you know, a new genre. They're pioneers in this new emo folk, emo country genre that we didn't even know existed. Well, too, too relevant to mention is Dan and Shay, who are a country, definitely very pop, you know, leaning, but a, a country duo who mm-hmm. love emo. Like, a lot of the members of their live band are former emo bands. Yes. And they took the band Camino on tour. So maybe Dan and Shay needs to cover this song. That'd be cool. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. Um, and last review I wanted to mention, and I was like really stoked to see like so many, and these weren't even all of them, but I, so many different outlets that specifically mentioned this song. Um, Cryptic Rock gave the album five out of five, and they talked about really liking the dreamy texture and bright melodies of this song. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. Uh, I was I was definitely like I was really like pleasantly surprised I think to to find uh, the reviews so many reviews that called out the song because with the deep cut of an album quite often like what I found in even doing my research is that a lot of reviews won't necessarily grab on to like some of the deep cuts and and there will be some songs that just like nobody has written about. <laughs> Right, right. But but that was fun. Um, so Matt, I want to know how has this song held up for you over time? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I still get the same feelings I did when I first listened to it. I mean, I ta- I talked earlier about, you know, like living here in the city, um, kind of feeling uh, both of our interpretations of it. You know, sometimes feeling alone, but remembering at the end of the day that um, every- everyone else here might feel that as well. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working hard to make my own things happen. Um, yeah. And then, and even so, like, just, just trying to stay positive every day. I mean, especially with all that's happening right now in the world for myself, that's something I'm trying to get better about and hold myself accountable for as well. So, I mean, as, especially in the, now, you know, I'm working from home, so I'm, I kind of have um, some nice Spotify opportunities to listen to music. So coming back, revisiting uh, this album has definitely, you know, helped me get through all this. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad that this album and this song has helped helped you a lot um i will say personally that like when i first heard this record like i really did not grab onto this song uh mm-hmm. and i don't really know why but i almost feel like you know i i grabbed so strongly onto the outfield uh i said it on the out on the episode about the outfield but that might be my favorite good charlotte song and it's mm-hmm. so hard to say to pick one but absolutely absolutely but you know i almost feel like okay maybe because i grabbed so hard onto the outfield here's a song about a very similar theme that maybe i was like like i really like that song so obviously i was like a tough critic and i was like okay no i was like no no no, this is the song that's about that kind of thing right uh yes but i i have like kind of appreciated how I think sentimental and nostalgic it is like so much more, which is, which is fun. And I am so wanting all these different versions of this song now. Yes. Uh, like they do, you know, on, on their tours, if you do the VIP, they'll, they'll play a few songs acoustic, you know, usually based off request. Um, uh-huh. But I would love to hear this song. That'd be so much fun. So- so we're getting we're getting VIP. We're making signs. Oh my god! Cars full of cars full of people. Acoustic. It's gonna happen. I, <laughs> oh, I yeah. think I I think twenty twenty one might be the year. Oh my gosh! If if I if I ever got to make a good Charlotte acoustic set list, oh man, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> where would that start? Where would that end? <laughs> that would be something else. Um. So. Matt, what has what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years, and how has that changed, or has that changed? Yeah, uh, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, Good Charlotte was one of the first bands I got into, especially when I was um, starting to explore pop punk in the early mid uh, 2000s or so. So they've always held a special place in my heart, you know, kind of almost feeling like I, I grew up with them, and, you know, I couldn't have necessarily gotten to where I am today without yeah. the help of of them and all the other art- artists I kind of grew up listening to regularly. So I have to thank them for that because it's, it's been a heck of a ride and having good shot that they're having, you know, all this good music that made me feel like I am someone and made me feel like, you know, there's, there are people out there who care and that I matter to um, makes it really special yeah. for me. Oh, I love that, Matt. That's awesome. I love that. Um, do you have any last words about Cars Full of People, about Good Charlotte, or about yourself? Yeah, I mean, um, thank you, of course, for having me on your podcast. But I also 
just want to thank Good Charlotte for everything. Good Charlotte, if you're listening, if you're out there somewhere, <laughs> th- th- thank you for thank you for everything over the years. I mean, Cars Full of People is ju- is just uh, such a special song with such a good message and um, just uh, fits into that whole diverse album as yeah. well. So. Uh, very thankful to um, have that song. I think uh, 2021 is the year where we're not going to get just one. We're not going to get just two. We're going to get a ton of different versions of the song. Yes. Uh, Matt, to to end this off, something that I decided I think would be really fun to start doing. Can you leave uh-huh. the listeners with a song recommendation? One song. You got to pick one song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh easy, easy done. So, um, in my um, music searching endeavors, um, Isaac Dunbar is a very good up and, <gasps> yes! up and coming yes, artist. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so yes. which Isaac Dunbar song? Isaac Dunbar, Ferrari. He has um, yes. He has a lot of fun songs. He has a lot of um, fun music videos on YouTube. If you want to check him out, get into a little YouTube poll. But um, you described him to me as Lauv meets Troy Sivan. I think. Oh, and I, I still, I still think yeah. that I love. Yes. Love Lauv, love Troy Savon. Lauv, Lauv just dropped a new album. I think oh Troy God. is going to have a new one this year that he already released a song from, and it's really good. Um, yeah, and I, I think Isaac Dunbar, he's young. He has a lot of good songs out. I think he's going to do big things. Yeah, awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, this was so much fun. So, where can people find you on the internet? Do you have any like socials that people could look you up on? I, I do. Um, you can find me at the Matt Parade on Instagram. I have, I have a Twitter. I don't, um, I mostly use it to lurk and get the news at this point. So I'm not, not particularly interesting, but, um, I, uh, post some nice photos on Instagram from time to time. So you can find me there. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Molly. Oh my God, this was so fun. (laughs) Listeners, thank you for tuning in to hear Matt and I talk about Cars Full of People. Uh, On our last regular episode, we talked about Let the Music Play from Cardiology. We also just had our bonus episode about anxiety from Greatest Remixes. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Generation RX. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, You can support the show on Anchor if you so choose. Once we get to 10 people that are supporting the show with $4.99 or more per month, I'm going to start doing monthly charitable donations. I think it's really important to give back, and there's definitely a lot of people and causes that could use it, so let me know. And and anything you support on Anchor, that money, all that does is goes right back into helping me make sure I can make the show the best it can be, making sure I have the right equipment, software, etc. It also helps me do things like print stickers thank you everyone for tuning in uh you can follow the podcast at generation gc pod pod on twitter or instagram or look us up on facebook you can also follow me molly at m huddleson m h u d e l s o n and yeah if you want to chat you can also shoot me an email generation gc pod at gmail.com talk to you next week